0: Even though I was positive I was the last person to leave the room I heard the voice behind me and I turned around and there were three windows with three candles behind me and in succession starting with the one furthest away from me I can't see the candle and then I can almost as if someone is walking in front of each of the windows coming down the hallway except when that third candle becomes exposed again there's no one standing in front of me I immediately turn around and I yell to make sure both of my daughters are in front of me and the candle in front of me in the window falls.
1: That's Tanya Roy from Adams in Jefferson County. We recorded that story on the back porch of her home. And on today's special episode of the show, you are not alone. From NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing, this is The Howl, true stories, no notes, recorded live in the North Country. I'm Ethan Shanty. About 10 years ago, some friends and I moved into an old brick mansion in Madrid. That's a small farming town in St. Lawrence County. It was a strange house with secret passageways and old pipes under the house that would bang at seemingly random intervals. And it was so big that you could never really be sure that you were home alone. Someone told us not long after moving in, this used to be a funeral home and they would prepare the bodies in the basement. Well, we didn't go in the basement anymore after that. The air always felt heavy in that house, like it was holding its breath. And sometimes when tensions were high between us roommates, it would let that breath out. I hated being home alone, but one day I just couldn't help it. I hadn't slept well recently, and I needed to get some rest. As I pulled into the driveway after work, I saw two of my roommates headed out, and there were no other cars there, but still, this was a cavernous, spooky house, and I needed to know if anyone else was home. I searched the house from top to bottom before going into my own room. I checked everywhere. The kitchen, the two living rooms, the bedrooms. I checked the secret passageway. No one there. The only place that I didn't check was the basement. Finally, I went upstairs to try to grab a couple hours of sleep. And before I could even sit down on the bed, I felt the house move. Like it was finally letting out that breath. And then stomping came up the stairs. (laughs) All at once, the house was filled with the thundering footsteps of someone or something bounding up the steps in a hurry to get somewhere. I called out, hello, and nothing. I tried again, hello, still nothing. The house was quiet again. My skin started to crawl, and I felt like I was being watched. I knew I had to get the hell out of that house. I bounded down the stairs two at a time out into the chilly October air, and I went to the park for a few hours, chain-smoked cigarettes, and tried to calm myself down. Who had just come into my house? I could only bear to go back when I knew that one of my roommates would be home well after sunset. I walked into the kitchen where one of them was preparing dinner. Hey, they said. You just getting in? Yeah, I went to the park, walked around for a little bit. Oh, he said. I heard someone walking around. I thought you were home this whole time. A lot of strange things happened in that house, and I felt like it really had a hold on us. And I remember thinking, as I was running down the hallway, away from whatever had just stomped up the steps, that if I turned my head and looked into the bedrooms, I'd see something, barely a shadow, lurking there. Tanya Roy has had a lot of unexplainable experiences, too. She's a historic ghost tour guide, and I stopped by her house late one October evening to hear about an experience that she had as a visitor on one of those ghost tours. Here's Tanya, recorded live on her back porch.
0: One of the things that my kids and I always do when we go on vacation is try to find a ghost tour. It just over the years kind of became our thing. I think we went on our first ghost tour when we were on vacation and my youngest daughter was maybe seven years old. They are now both adults, so we've been doing this a long time. Often when you go on a ghost tour, you know, you will find you are meeting at the gates of a cemetery or sometimes if it's someplace that is uh, very touristy, there will be the sign on the front of a general store that says ghost tour meets here. And they generally run those tours every day during the summer, but every once in a while we find ourselves someplace in the off season and you're lucky if you can find a ghost tour at that time. At one point we were on vacation and it was the off season and they really wanted to find a ghost tour. So we kind of scoured the internet and it takes a little bit. You have to look through Facebook pages. Sometimes you can find them on the what's happening in your certain town pages. You have to look pretty hard to find one on a Wednesday night in the middle of an off not tourist season. And we did, we found one. And interestingly enough, Um, We knew right away that it was going to be different than any of the other ghost tours that we had been on to that point. It didn't start at a cemetery. There wasn't a parking lot out in front of a fort where some major battle had happened. Uh, We ended up parking in a parking lot and having to walk to the place that the ghost tour started. And... Where we were visiting uh, was kind of a place that had been settled in the 1700s. There were small lanes that you had to wander down. The directions weren't really clear. And to be honest, it was the pretty good setting for the beginning of a ghost tour. We were very excited when we finally found this small narrow lane that cars were not allowed to drive on. And we found ourselves outside of a pub. And there was a very tiny black sign next to a door that said, ghost tour starts here. But if we hadn't been looking for it, we wouldn't have been able to find it. But the longer we waited, the more we wondered if we perhaps had the wrong place or the wrong date because no one else was showing up. And so I said to the girls at one point, I'm going to go inside and see if someone can tell me what's going on. And although they were teenagers at this point, they both were freaked out enough that they said nope we're coming in with you and the three of us went inside and they said nope you are right just wait outside the door the ghost tour will start out there and so we went back outside and lo and behold in the minute and a half that we had been inside the pub there were probably six or seven other people outside waiting as we started walking we realized that we were visiting places across the street from this one particular block that the pub was on and it didn't go very far so the ghost tour starts out and we cross the street and we're in a cemetery and she encourages us to take pictures and see you know if there will be orbs in the pictures or if we can feel anything when we get close to any of the tombstones and when you do enough of these you kind of have a tendency to talk through them and so We, the three of us, are chattering about how does this compare to ghost tours that we have been on before, and do you notice this gravestone over here? And as we're walking through the cemetery, we realize that there comes a point, as there does with any good ghost tour or any good ghost story, when everything gets really quiet. All of a sudden, we've noticed that we've stopped chattering, the six or seven other people on the ghost tour have stopped chattering. And we're all very intently listening to the stories that this woman is telling. And as we're circling the block and she's indicating places that things have happened, she's telling us stories about women who were servants whose masters were not kind to them. and men who had died you know in the street during a duel and so she really has captured our attention but we haven't gone very far and we circled back to the back of the building and then in something that is very very rare for a ghost tour she leads us inside So this is a building that was built in the 1700s. It has a very narrow staircase that leads up to a second floor. And she starts telling us how at one point this was a boarding house. And we end up upstairs and we immediately go into this tiny room on our right. And because the room is small, it feels like there are more people with us. It doesn't feel like there are nine of us or ten of us on this ghost tour. All of a sudden the room feels very, very full. So there are three hallways and each of them end at one hallway that makes a massive T. And so at the end of the hallway, there are windows and in the windows, there are candles. There's one candle per window. So when we leave any given room, look for the candles in the windows, you'll be able to see them and you'll know where we're going. So in what is a pretty typical ghost story move or a ghost tour move, they turn off the lights as they tell the next ghost story and everything is illuminated strictly by one candle. We're very quiet and we're listening. And she says, as we move through the rooms of this boarding house, feel for, listen for ghosts that still linger there. And this is different than some of the stories that we've been told so far, because there hasn't really been an indication that those ghosts still remain. There has been ghostly activity. You know, there is a mist that crosses the street whenever they think that, you know, the ghost is there during the duel but she indicates to us that she will tell stories about things that have happened in these rooms and that these ghosts are still present and so we leave the room we look to our right there's a candle she leads us down to another room and my daughters start to get really close to me and it still feels like there are a lot of people on this ghost tour even though we know that there are not and so as we go from room to room it gets more silent and it gets more dark and she says to us that occasionally ghosts that are left behind uh, want to leave the premises that they're tied to and so as you go from room to room it is important that when you leave you say goodbye and then the ghosts can't try to follow you and so we do about six of these upstairs and as we're leaving the last room we look to the left you can see the candle in the window and we head toward it and we turn to leave the second floor and I hear one of my daughters say something to me. Now at the time I probably could have told you what she said but the harder I think about what I heard the more vague it becomes. I don't remember what I heard her say but I was absolutely positive that my daughter spoke to me. I heard the voice from behind me and yet I knew I was the last person in line because throughout the course of the ghost tour we had gone from all holding hands to them standing like little scared girls in front of me. I heard the voice behind me and I turned around and there were three windows with three candles behind me and in succession, starting with the one furthest away from me, I can't see the candle and then I can and then the second window I can't see the candle and then I can and then the third window I can't see the candle and then I can almost as if someone is walking in front of each of the windows coming down the hallway except when that third candle becomes exposed again there's no one standing in front of me I immediately turn around and I yell to make sure both of my daughters are in front of me and the candle in front of me in the window falls It feels now like I am the only person in this upstairs hallway, but I can see the rest of the ghost tour in front of me descending the stairs. I hurry up to get down the stairs and old houses creak. I live in an old house. I know that old houses creak, but as I'm descending the stairs, I can hear the stairs behind me creaking. And so we get to the bottom of the stairs we go in to use the restroom, and of course the door is shut, and it is an old building, so it has a regular wooden door with a regular brass handle, and the three of us are in the bathroom, we are the only three people in the bathroom, and I try to open the door, and it won't open. But it's not as if the door is locked, or the door is shut, and the handle's not working, because the handle works, it turns, And when I pull on it, there's a little give to the door and then it springs back closed. And I pull and there's a little give to the door and it springs back closed. As if someone is holding it shut from the other side. And so I pull hard enough that the door opens. And we all can tell, you know, the hair on the back of your arm stands up and as we leave the the restroom the air outside the restroom is just very very cold we go to exit and in order to exit the pub you have to walk by the bottom of the stairs and my youngest daughter says to me maybe we should say goodbye and just as a measure of protection to make us all feel better we turn and my daughter says goodbye thank you for having us and the lights in the stairwell go out and then the lights in the stairwell turn on again and to this day it is one of the stories that we talk about very very minimally because we have all agreed that something from one of the rooms in the boarding house followed us down the hallway followed us down the stairs tried to keep us in that bathroom and then eventually realized it wouldn't be able to leave the building and went back upstairs where it knew it belonged.
1: That's it for this special Halloween edition of The Howl Podcast. Season 2 drops in January. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Tanya for the story. And remember, make sure that you're alone in the house before you turn off the light. The Howl is written, produced, and edited by me, Ethan Shanty, with editorial supervision by David Summerstein. Doyle Dean is our production manager, Bill Hanel is our digital guy, and Caitlin Kelly handles our social media. Music on this episode is by Tree with a Gun from Ilian, New York. The Howl is a co-production of NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing in Saranac Lake. You can find more episodes and support the program, plus find out when we're going to be telling stories in your hometown by visiting ncpr.org slash Howl. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.